We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger. And you don't mess around with Ramon Laureano. Another outfield assist for the gun-toting age center fielder, and it vaporized any chance the Sox had to have their usual big ninth inning and maybe steal the finale in Oakland Thursday afternoon. Two and six. Depressed? Yeah, me too. Let's get you a little podcast therapy now. This is Sox Daily. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh Lewis. Mookie Magic? Uh, no. Mookie Mojo? Not so much. Mookie Mea Culpa? Maybe. A rare bad day at the office for the MVP. And Eduardo Rodriguez, you, my friend, didn't exactly sparkle either. Josh Lewin with you. This was supposed to be a really fun project. I promise it still will be. But only after the Sox start winning some games. They are now 2-6 and six to start the year. Right. This is actually a thing. And that whack-a-mole lineup, it's supposed to be one threat popping up right after another. Not working the way it's supposed to either right now. Not a lot of big hits. In fact, the Sox had multiple opportunities again. But they end up with three runs on 10 hits. They stranded 10. Oakland, seven runs on 13 hits. Four of those by Stephen Piscotty. One of them was a three-run home run, and the other two runs batted in he got. Uh, well, they were kind of donated to him. We'll get to that. But it's time for the Red Sox to wake up. This is not cute anymore. We looked at one in five starts, and we, we didn't panic. In fact, we saw an 0-6 oh start in 2011. And that team actually started 2-10, and 10, then won 81-42, and 42, but then went 7-20 and 20 at the end. That was the year that... The season ended that rainy night in Baltimore. Robert Andino with that sinking liner at the feet of Carl Crawford. Most other 0-6 or 1-5 type starts don't work out very well. I won't read you the whole laundry list, but other than maybe 1996 where they ended up with 85 wins, a lot of those 1-5, 0-6 starts end up with a complete wipeout of a season. No way that happens this year. I just don't see that. I mean, they, look, the, the Patriots were 1-2 and two to start 2018. They won a Super Bowl. The Patriots in 2012 were one and two. They went to the AFC title game, finished 12 and four. Zero uh, and two Patriots in 01 with Brady coming on for Bledsoe. I do believe that ended with a Super Bowl. So I, I don't need to tell New England about how this goes because I'm not even from New England. But this is what you got to pin your hopes on now, because the Red Sox, despite taking a three nothing lead on Thursday, could not hold the lead, and we start to worry less about the Chris Sale conversation. I know that's still a a source of angst for everybody. Two starts. He's thrown 49 fastballs, doesn't have a swing and a miss yet. I'm a little bit more worried about Eduardo Rodriguez, the other lefty, who went three and two thirds, seven hits, six runs allowed. And granted, there was a misplayed fly ball that donated two runs there, but only a couple of strikeouts. I thought he was very aggressive in the first, was very good. 
But then he started doing that nibbling thing again. He gave up a, a double to the number nine batter, Josh Fegley, to open the third. And it's like he lost focus at that point. Everything just started slipping away. So here's Eddie Rodriguez, 500 major league innings, 499 strikeouts. And you're thinking, this is a guy, if he's striking out one per inning, and he's got this great stuff, he's going to turn the corner at some point. But 90 major league starts now, he's gotten it out in the seventh inning only 18 times in those 90 opportunities. Bullpen, again, was really very good. That is not the issue at all for this year's Red Sox. Everybody thought it would be, but they've actually got the second-best ERA of any bullpen in the American League. So bully for, for that stuff. And I and you look at Rodriguez and what he had done in the past in this ballpark here in Oakland. Again, I thought it set up beautifully. Two career starts here, eight innings in both of them. Three years ago here, he almost had a no-hitter. It was Marcus Simeon that broke it up with an infield single in the eighth. And maybe it was Simeon that broke his concentration in this one. A walk that preceded the Piscotti three-run homer in the third. That tied the game up. The Red Sox actually had a 3-0 lead early on. They had Brett Anderson on the ropes early. He walked two men with the bases loaded in the top of the first. Brock Holt an RBI, Xander Bogarts an RBI, but never the big knockout punch. Eduardo Nunez had a foul out in between those two walks. Christian Vazquez, a force out to end the inning. So what could have been a huge inning, it was a two-run inning. J.D. had a home run in the third. That's already his third home run of the year. He's hit in all eight games so far. So that's a fine how-do-you-do if you're looking for how-do-you-do's. But 3 nothing became 3-3 with the Piscotti home run. Piscotti had a home run memorably off Rodriguez at Fenway last year. That's when he was coming back from his mom's funeral he had taken four games off and uh, arrives in Boston kind of bleary-eyed and blasts one out against Eddie and another three-run home run off him in this one. The big hit from Piscotti came in the fourth, and with it now 4-3 Boston, there was a walk to Loriano. more on him later. Fegley, the number nine man, another hit, and Robbie Grossman came up with an RBI double, made it 4-3. But then Semyon flied out, and you're thinking, okay, one more out, and it's no big deal. Piscotti lofts a fly ball to regular depth, pretty much, right center field. You've got two gold glovers out there. You've got Bradley, you've got Betts. And I wasn't around last year, but everybody I'm talking to says this never happened in 2018, that Betts just looked at Bradley. Bradley just looked at Betts. There was zero communication. The ball plopped right in between the two of them for a two-run single, or actually double, as it turns out. Piscotti would add another hit later and a walk, so he was on base five times in this game. But that was kind of the killer, was Mookie and and, uh, Jackie Bradley letting that ball feather in between them. It was a 6-3 lead at the end of four, and the Red Sox still had some chances to come back. Just never could get that one big crushing hit. And the crushing blow was provided in the ninth. That's the one inning where, for whatever weird reason, the Red Sox seem to start to figure things out. They've got no runs in the seventh this year, one run in the eighth. They've got 10 in the ninth. And in this day and age, with bullpens the way they're constructed, that's completely backwards. So you don't expect that at all. But against Liam Hendricks, they get a little rally going, a walk to Betts. Benintendi, a sharp single in a right center. And you're thinking, as Betts is rounding second, heading to third, that, okay, anybody else but Loriano, go ahead and run on him. That's fine. I mean, make it first and third, nobody out, no big deal. But Remember, you're down four runs, so you, you have to, you absolutely have to know you, you can make it at third base if you try for third base. Loriano, if you've been following this series, listening to this podcast, you know the drill. He's already had a couple of key outfield assists. This one 
might have been the most impressive one at all, even though the throw was the least accurate of the three, because he fielded it kind of across his body, little scissor step, and he throws on the run. It's like he was riding a bicycle in midair, and he lets fly. It bounced a little bit up the line. Chapman, who's been a killer in this series, too, ranging around, tagging Mookie Betts. Red Sox challenged, but they did not win the challenge. It just wasn't a good decision to gun the engine in the first place. And I don't know about you guys, I liked the number 22 in green and gold for Oakland a lot better when a guy like Jack Hanahan was wearing it at third base instead of a a guy like Laureano in center field. This guy is is turned into a human highlight reel. He is blasted onto the scene. And as of right now, he's taking money away from Jackie Bradley Jr. If there's a gold glove clause in Jackie's contract, I don't know if there is. But right now, this is your gold glove center fielder a week and a half into the season. Three assists in one series. Two of them in ninth innings, crazy. And Oakland takes three out of four, just like Seattle had just taken three out of four. Eduardo Rodriguez, unable to get things done. He's the losing pitcher. And somehow, Brett Anderson, who had nothing, ends up getting a win. Just an astonishing turn as the Red Sox lose again, this time the final 7-2-3. We'll preview the Arizona series for you in just a minute, but I thought you'd like to hear a little post-game sound that's always a good idea, and uh, let's let's find out what Alex Cora had to say. I think uh, you know, I think who was it? The ninth hitter got the double, and then Grossman got the side fly, and then the the walk play a big part of what happened there. He walks uh, Simeon, he fi- uh, he falls behind to uh, Pescotti and left a fastball right in the middle. So you know, those are three three runs. Then he battled. You know, we don't make a play in right center. Um, it's, all, it's only a one-run game, so. But at that point, I got to take him out. Um, he looked good early. Um, um, I don't know about the usage, whatever. Um, but I think that walk in, in that situation put him in a bad spot. But, you know, we don't make the play. I got to take him out there, so. initial to see that with Jackie and Mookie as good as they are? Uh, the whole game was initial. And, uh, you know, uh, I pay attention to details. Uh, I, I love paying attention to details, and that's something that uh, I took pride last year. And right now, we're not paying attention to details, so that's on us. That's that's on me. That's on the staff. Um, I know they have made mistakes, but uh, at the same time, and I get to a point that we have to, you know, keep teaching the game and, and put it in, in spots that they're going to take advantage of certain situations. And honestly, you know, um, today I was watching, and there were a few things that were great last year. And we're not doing so uh, right now. And it's early enough that we can clean it up. But that's on us. You know, that's on me. You know, I'm, I'm the manager of the team. So, you know, it's not that we're going to be doing fundamentals every day and all that. But obviously, we're going to talk a little bit more about the game. You know, we we got to get it going. You know, regardless of the results, you know, you win or lose. But uh, stuff like that can't happen. And that's a reflection on us. So I'm accountable, you know, and, uh, you know, I expect better things out of the group. Alex, that's the second time they've miscommunicated on a ball. Is that kind of what you're talking about? The attention? We'll, we'll we'll talk to them when we'll work on it. You know, you didn't see that last year. You know, uh, but uh, last year was last year. You know, we we um, we didn't play well in, in Seattle. We didn't play well here. Uh, now we go to Arizona. It's a three-game series. We have to play better. That's the bottom line. And uh, like I said, you know, um, I take pride in that stuff. You know, um, details and details win ball games. And and they. For four games, they, they they did a lot of good things out there, a lot of good things. Threw the right back, they played good defense, they ran the bases, they ran out of bats. Uh, that was a reflection of who we were last year. And I know we can get to that level, but we, we got to start 
getting after it. Is, is going to third base in the ninth inning there on Laureano part of that as well? It's a bad decision. And he knows it. Yeah. Alex, have you guys talked at all as a coaching staff on how aggressive you want to be on Laureano this series? Or? Yeah, we did. You know, on <laughs> the three plays were bang bang plays, but you know that one right there can't happen. And he knows it. You know, he, he came up to me and he, you know, for how great of a player he is, he makes mistakes, and he, he owned it. He came up to me, it's like, that's my fault. All right, so now you tuck tail and, and you drag yourself over to Phoenix, the last three games of this insane 11-game road trip to open the season. The Red Sox have trailed in 59 out of 72 innings so far. That's another thing that just blows your mind right now. Rick Porcello, 17-game winner, will get the call in the Friday game. We'll go up against Zach... G- ah, gotcha. Not Zach Greinke. Zach Godley. That's a little easier. In fact, no Greinke at all in this series. No Robbie Ray in this series. The Diamondbacks have an ERA of a famous Hank Aaron number, 714. Uh, that's not a good ERA. This lines up well for the Red Sox bats to spring to life here. Arizona does have Christian Walker hitting 368 with three home runs. And of all people, Adam Jones three home runs, and he's hitting 364. It's been a very nice pickup for Arizona. Who's the best player on the Diamondbacks now? Usually you say, well, Paul Goldschmidt, that's easy, but he's now wearing Cardinal Red instead of uh, whatever colors will be happen to be worn in this game on Friday. Uh, we know that Zach Greinke is the most famous Diamondback now. He's certainly the highest paid, but with A.J. Pollock gone, who else are you looking at here? David Peralta, Jake Lamb? There's no real identity for the Diamondbacks right now. Arizona's the only National League team besides the Mets never to have had an MVP. And you figured Goldschmidt was their best chance at one for a while, but he gone. They traded the best player in franchise history for talent on the hoof. You either do that or watch him walk in free agency. That or re-sign the guy, by the way. I mean, the Diamondbacks did just get a 15-year, $1.5 billion deal for their local TV rights. You'd think they could shave off some of that for Goldschmidt, but that's a whole other discussion. Arizona last year, anyway, they they won with defense. An astounding 157 defensive runs saved last year. Second best in baseball was Milwaukee with 116. No one else after that had even had 62. Their pitchers and catchers alone were a plus 41. Most teams were at around zero at those positions, neutral. Although somehow the Phillies were a minus 30 from their pitchers and catchers last year. Overall, the Phillies were minus 146 for DRS. And here's a plus 157 for Arizona. So, yes, Phillies defense donated 146. Arizona saving 157. That's a swing of about two runs a game. Phillies' solution is they went out and got Real Muto and Segura and Harper. They moved Hoskins back to first base. If you're wondering about Boston's defense last year, and I know you are, catchers were good, pitchers were neutral, first base was neutral. Then it gets really interesting. According to the metrics, second base shortstop, third base is a collective last year. Minus 59 defensive runs saved. Only the Phillies were worse. Minus 17 at second base. Minus 17 at third base with Devers. Minus 25 at shortstop with Bogarts. Worst in the majors, believe it or not. Now, you don't trust these metrics completely, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. It's when you look at the outfield. Left field between Martinez and Benintendi last year is a plus two. I guess that's about right. Mookie and Wright a plus 16. That's second behind what Arizona put out there as a collective. I'll buy that. But the stunner is what the stat heads had for Red Sox center fielders. In other words, Jackie Bradley Jr. A minus 10? Recalibrate, Poindexter. That can't be right. 24th out of 30 big league teams? Really? Really? 
See, that, that just completely eradicates everything you want to talk about when you want to trust these metrics, the defensive run saved and all that. And I'm sorry, I've seen Jackie Bradley Jr. I know Jackie Bradley Jr. That, that's not an accurate representation. However, Loriano, plus a million, it seems like right now. That's the guy that saved the bacon for Oakland yet again. Again, the final 7-3 of three from Thursday. And now heading off to Chase Field, they say it's the best batter's eye in the league. Jason Kubel once said one of the, the big factors why he signed with Arizona as a free agent. He had like five other offers. He said, you, you see the ball so well in that ballpark. It just makes you a star. And let's hope that, that some of that juju is available for the Red Sox, who are now 2-6. and six, And it's goodbye to the West Coast. At least they're heading a little closer to home. They get the desert now. And uh, then eventually, of course, Tuesday, they've got the home opener. Finally, man, they, they could use some, some love getting back home. And it will be the Toronto Blue Jays coming in. Chris Sale on the mound Tuesday, the 9th of April. Lou Merloni will be in the booth with Joe Castiglione. I know you guys are probably ready to run me out on a rail right now. I, I think in my innings so far with Joe, the Sox have been outscored something like a million to five. And, and I do humbly apologize for that. But hey, at least we're bringing you a podcast and, and we hope you do enjoy that. We'll have another one for you on Monday. We'll tell you all about the weekend that was and uh, that will be the next time that we have that availability for you. We do go dark on the weekends to regroup, but every Monday through Friday morning, we drop it at 5 a.m. If you happen to be up that early, getting your workout in or uh, getting on to work, whatever you, I don't know what you're doing. I, it's none of my business what you're doing, but that's when we will have the next podcast for you. We call it Socks Daily. Subscribe to it. Tell your friends. Appreciate you very much. Again, sorry that the Red Sox are two and six, but I just work here. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.